Good evening and welcome to What's the Crack podcast. I'm joined again by my co-host Neil. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. You're right. Good, thank you. And tonight we're joined by a special guest, James Penny. James, how you doing, mate? Hello, mate. I'm good. How are you? All good, thank you. Good to have you on, James. Good to have you on, mate. Yeah, man. It's good to be on. It's good to be on. Just before we carry on, I want to say thank you to James for the help he's given us so far and the help he's going to continue to give us as well. Cheers for that, mate. Nah, it's all right, mate. No, no pressure. Let's uh, let's smash this out of the park. Yeah. Um. For, for those for those who don't know, uh, James, James has a lot of to um to do with the evenings that you'll see with the players at the Rialto. So um, make sure we'll drop James's socials in there so you give him a follow so you can keep an eye out for uh, some of these events that will be coming up once COVID gets out of the way and let's just get back to having some fun. Yeah, man. As always, James, let's go right back to the start. What was your first game, mate? Uh, my first game, mate, was um, Leeds at home. A nice, easy start. I was four, mate, and uh, nil-nil draw. But my my old dear decided that when she dressed me for the day, my dad was like flying in from work, picking me up, and just, like flying straight out. We got there just before kickoff. My old dear dressed me in all white, and I was sat in the home end for a Leeds game. My dad was absolutely bricking it, mate. Got home and he was like, "What have you done? What have you done? That could have caused so much." <laughs> that's class, man. That's class. So that's that's me and you both our first games at Leeds. Yeah, man. Nice. Yeah. Different games, but nice. Was it Highfield Road, James? Yeah. Yeah, Highfield Road, mate. Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Nice. Ninety-seven, nice. So, everyone who's listened to any episode so far will know that this is my favourite question. They know they would have followed me on Twitter and they would have seen this. I've got a pawn chart for football shirts. So what was the first City shirt you wearing, mate? Uh, first City shirt I had was the season after, 98, 99. The, um, the really, like, I, I call it the really weird one because it's got like four or five different shades of blue in it. The one that, the one that was like, um, I can't even think how to describe it. It's, it's, it's the one from the 98, 99 season, the home shirt. The season Dublin went to Villa? I think so, yeah. That's yeah. the Lecoq Sportif. It's got the circle on the back, but they had the... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Darren yeah, yeah. on the back. Talk to me seven, mate. See, I had... So, the away shirt... I, I love I get, I get this in every episode. So, the away shirt was purple and yellow, and that's my favourite shirt, and I had Huckabee seven on the back. Oh, mate, yeah. Great shirt, that was. But, yeah. I think I ended up getting the away shirt towards the end of the season, but start of the season, my, my old man made sure I had that home shirt, Huckabee, like, full-on ritual. Um, I don't know if I've told this story on a podcast or not, but my best mate at primary school, a guy called Andy Duggan, um, he had the home shirt and I had the away shirt and he had Dublin number nine on the back. And uh, when we sold him, he got a marker pen in school and coloured it out and wrote number eight Whelan above it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that still sticks with me to this day. Nah, that's a lovely shirt. You both mentioned away shirts. James, what was your first away game, mate? Uh, first away game, mate, was uh, another 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 easy bedding in was Leicester away. Same as me. Uh, yeah, it was two, 2004 when we drew one all. Oh, I was think it? Du- Dublin scored against us and then they scored like an own goal in like the 85th minute or something stupid. Was that at the King Power there, ground now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the, oh, is the, that the, oh, the Chris Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Chris Bowl. It's crazy that obviously your first home game was the same as me was and the first away was the same as mine. Mine was at Filbert Street though, not the King Power. That well, is crazy. That is. Out on Street. To be fair, as much as I hate Leicester, it's a proper old school ground, man. It was nice. Yeah, but we mentioned on our episode, didn't we, Dave? Filbert Street, uh, the old school entrance in the middle of a house, you know, houses and stuff. Fucking love that. The same as Luton, that, isn't it? Yeah. Portsmouth's the same as well. Yeah. 
Portsmouth's the same. And uh, to be fair, that's what I used to love about Highfield Road, is the fact that you're literally walking down the street and then, oh, bang, there you go, you're in. Yeah. Um, that, that Rochdale, I keep going on about Rochdale last season, but it was, that just came out of nowhere. You just turned the corner, you're like, oh, bang, there you go, there's a chippy, weren't, a few weren't houses. Were the bang. same as well? Um, yeah, I think so. Derry was like in the middle of like loads of how I remember it being opposite a cemetery because that's where all the coaches had to park. Yeah, mm. it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. That's mate. crazy. Yeah, so, you charge in Rochdale, you have, mate. Do you know what, mate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Do you know what, I think because it was the day that I realized we won the league, the atmosphere was cracking, we played class. Um, and it is, it's, it's a proper old school northern football ground. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just really liked it. Um, a nice drive up there but went with me Pally and then his dad Malcolm um, who lives in Dubai and came over for a couple of games how's this for timing managed to get over watch the Burton Burton what am I on about Burton Rochdale game on the Saturday uh, we had Rotherham on the Tuesday night 0-0 draw and then Sunderland on the Sunday oh at St Andrews managed to catch them Flew home, COVID. I tell you what, it weren't time bad, that oh, was it? Shit, yeah, of course it was. So it's a, literally he caught three of the last four games. That's not a bad holiday to our visit to catch them. So yeah, yeah he's, he's, doing, <laughs> he's doing well there, to be fair. Um, so we've mentioned a couple of away games there, James. Um, without the obvious, Notts County, Wembley. What was your yeah. best away day? Do you know what? I wasn't actually at Notts County. I couldn't get tickets. Neil was Neil. Yeah. I, I can get out of work, mate. But yeah, uh, I've cried about this a couple of times. James, I didn't know that, mate. You should have just messaged me on Facebook. I'd have sorted you out. Nah, do you know what, mate? It got to, I think it got to the wire. It was something to do with work. I couldn't get out of work that night. And then on the morning, I ended up... I think my gig got cancelled or the club had like sacked it off because cover on telly. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. So then I tried to get tickets. I just couldn't, couldn't get them all. Yeah. So I, I think I ended up... I think I ended up in the Wallace or something like that. Just, okay. And it was just absolute pandemonium. But um, my best away day was Forest away. Um, I think it would have been 2004, 2005. Was that the 4-1 one? 4-1, yeah. yeah. Randy Morales scored twice. And yeah. I, think we scored, I think we scored like two in the first 10 minutes. And the away mm. end, the whole game, mate, was just absolutely bouncing. But, mate, you can say that about any away game. Though, isn't it? I don't think I've ever been to an away game where I've left with my voice. Yeah. Like, well, as it goes, Bristol Rovers. Couple of seasons ago, where we lost what four one, it was raining. I think by half time, I was like, I want to go home. I've had enough. Uh, but now, Forest is Forest is a lovely little ground as well. Yeah. I don't know if you will agree with me on this as well because I like I was torn between the two. Um, do you remember West Brom away when we got absolutely tanked five 0 and we Sanctuary did not stop singing Twist and Shout for about four yeah. minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I think at some point during that game, we ended up doing boing boing with them and everything. We just didn't give a shit. <laughs> we got a battered bit, but someday out, weren't it, for, for a laugh? <laughs> what, um, obviously, you mentioned your first game, your best away game. What's your favourite ever game? But it can't be, obviously, not tight, which you didn't go with the two Wembley appearances. Uh, Blackburn away in the FA Cup, mate, when we won 4 1. Yeah. Um, we, we, we were. Like we we'd already decided whoever we got in the next round because my granddad had like got diagnosed terminal. Me and my mum and my dad and that were like, right, we're gonna go doing away day and we did it all in corporate. Oh, so when had a proper little nice day, but we obviously we're in the home end. And then um we got absolutely like smashed smashed them four one. And then all the we ended up having like stewards either side of our row just waiting for like fans to just bombard us. But the Blackburn fans were so sound. They were walking up like we didn't deserve that fair play. Like you 
fair play to you as we deserve it. None of them gave a shit. Were you celebrating, were you, in the stand? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mate, I'm not sitting yeah. on my hands in, in, a, in, in a home and like that. Well, again, I don't know if this is a story I've told on a podcast, but um, that day is a, spe- is a day that is very bittersweet for me and a bunch of my mates. Now, every game, we, we have a silly bet where we all put like a quid, two quid in a pot. And um, we put like a, we pick a number out of a hat and then a random player. And that day we had Cov to win 4-0 and had a bowler to score first. Oh. And I, 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 oh, I can see it now. Just, do, you, do you remember? I had a streaker came on the pitch dressed as uh, Cupid. Yeah. Um, put like eight minutes of added on time. And we were 4-0 up at 90 minutes. And then David Bentley whacked one in for 35 bags. <laughs> yeah, it cost me and my mates about 12 grand. Wasn't Adebola's goal that game where he like? Am, am I right in thinking he went round like eight players and then just yeah. smashed at home? Yeah, he got he got two, didn't he? But the first one he beat is it's like watching Maradona against England in the yeah. yeah. World Cup. It's a bit of a stretch, Dave, but I'll give you that, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it was it was a hell of a goal. I think that's what what got us more than anything. That's, that's, we're sat there thinking this is written in the stars. For Adebola to score a goal like that and first time four 0 and then obviously the game's gone on. We're, we're sat there, we're texting our girlfriend and all sorts, saying we're going to Blackpool for the weekend. <laughs> like, you know, fuck yeah, we ain't coming home. Um, and then that goal's gone in, and like, it was it was really bittersweet, because obviously you're buzzing, you've gone up there, you've won 4-1, everyone's, everyone's bouncing, it's class, and you're buzzing about the result, but deep down you're thinking, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You're telling your bird you're going to be in Blackpool, and you're back on the sofa after night watching the X Factor, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly that, mate. Exactly. The other that. one that sticks out for me as well, though. Um, do you remember when we played? I think it was Bristol away in the cup. It was like I think it was like a Tuesday night. Is it, did we draw three all? Yeah, and the the coven was absolutely ramboed. Like that sold out of in minutes. So I think we ended up jumping on another little corporate day thing. But there was like a hundred fan, like city fans, in the corporate end at um, at Bristol. That's mad. And we I think we went two 0 up. Was yeah, it? we did. And then they got it back. They went 3 2 up. And we, Stern John scored late on for Cobb to equalise. Yeah, I think we were 2 0 up at half time, though. And yeah. um, they came in. We, we had our own like little lounge and everything in the stadium. They actually came into our lounge and said, Look, you aren't going to be able to sit in your seats anymore. Um, there's fans out there threatening to like throw bottles at you and stab you and kill you and everything. And everyone's in there like, We don't care. So then they ended up like, We've all like dug our heels in. The whole of like our little section where we were sat we were covered with stewards and police and there was fans leaving the stadium when Stern John scored and they were spitting at us and everything a lot, throwing bottles. They were going mad. I'll tell you what, they, they beat us in the replay at the Rico, man, when they were lower league us as well. Horrible yeah. night that was. Didn't, that was when he had like, was it Enoch Shurunmi? Yeah. It was, wasn't oh, it? What a name, by the way. Yeah. They had that... a naughty side back then though, considering they were like, I think they were League One at the time, weren't they? Or League Two. Yeah. Would they have had Lee Trundle back then? Not sure. I think it was after. I think he was still at Swansea. Though. It was years ago. No, that I was. I think they had Mackindoe, though. Michael Mackindoe, the insurance fraud Mackindoe. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to say allegedly? Or has he been proven guilty? <laughs> what, what happened with that in the end? Did he go down? Oh, I, can't, I can't remember, mate. I genuinely can't remember. I remember reading something about it. Because he, he had a good few grand out of players as well, didn't he? Yeah, he, he had, had few... like a pyramid scheme, didn't he? Yeah, yeah apparently so. Jimmy Bullard for a few quid. That's madness, isn't it? It's absolutely madness. So, we spoke about games um, that we enjoy going to, but it's players that make the games. So, who's your best ever City player, buddy? 
Um, oh. Controversial one I'm going to go with. Because it's probably not one that's at the forefront of everyone's minds. But as soon as you say the name, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he was good. J-Tab. Love J-Tab. Love J-Tab. Never had a bad game. Never, like, even even if he was, like, we were getting tanked five nearly, he was always the only one that was running around. And for a geezer that was four foot five, he could outjump anyone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he could. I had a hell of an engine on him. That's what I loved about him. Like you say, he had that never die attitude. He was always running, always getting about the pitch. Um, I was was good when he went, to be fair. Was it Brentford when he went to no, he went to Reading. Oh, Reading, no, we got him from Brentford, sorry. Yeah, I was Did good he when he went. Did start playing golf and going to horse racing or something? Yeah, he, uh, when he quit football, I think he, he invested in horse racing, but then I was speaking to him about playing in like a charity football tournament or a charity football game. And he come back to me, he was like, I'd love to play in it, but I'm actually playing in like a golf Masters this weekend. In a Masters? <laughs> yeah, and I got, to, I got chatting to him. I was like, are you like, oh, is that, is that what you're doing now? He was like, yeah, he said, I, I've, I've perfected my golf game. I'm... He, he, he told me about what his handicap and stuff was. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm mad into my golf now because at least I can like I can get myself out and not get injured. Is he playing off scratch? No idea, mate. Oh. Is he a nice bloke, is it? J-Tab's wicked, mate. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really down to earth. Like Even when he was at the City, like, mate, he was oh. one of those where you could, you could approach him even in the supermarket and he'd stand there for 20 minutes having a chat with you. That's oh, yeah. Definitely, mate. He doesn't strike me as the sort of bloke that would uh, have a row or you know, be a bit of a dickhead like you know some players that We've discussed, or we all know, we all know off camera exactly what they can be. So, um, I don't so know he, what you mean? Saying nothing, mate. Saying nothing. <laughs> so, we're hoping to get guests on, so I'm definitely saying nothing. Um, so, Roy, so that's your best ever at the current squad. Who, who's your standout at the minute, mate? Um, what's a like everyone says, Hamer stands out. Hamer is like a class above, I think. And I think, like, you, I think you said when you were on Katie's that if you give him another two or three years here, he will end up doing exactly what Madison's done and he'll be playing like top level football. Yeah. He, he will be at like, one of the top 10 teams in the Prem. Um, oh, quite easily, yeah. For me, it's Dom Hoyle, mate. He's so consistent. Mm. Although he's currently going for a bad run of form, I say currently. We haven't had a game for a week and a half. Um, but yeah, he's, I think he's tired more than anything. If yeah. You look, you look at the fact that normally we'd have Rose to kind of rotate. Um, Drysdale, who's been out on loan, you know, you know, who's now back, who can um, help fill that sort of void. But I think, yeah, he definitely needs a bit of a rest because you can see, like, the penalty against Millwall, he looked tired. That that, that was like a laboured tackle for me. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, it's more the fact that we signed him in League Two and nobody knew who he was. And yeah. it's just sort of how, how we've progressed. He's progressed and grew. And he's he's almost took on that sort of mantle for me as being a skipper. Because he, he he says it in his performances. He might not be like a, 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 as much of a vocal leader as other players on the pitch, but within his performances, he's consistently giving his all, putting his body on the line, and, and that that for me, like, it's class. Man, I can't agree more. I was literally just about to say people people forget we signed him in League Two. Mm. Like the, the jump up he's made is a different level. I love Dom Home. He's a good good player. And we signed him as an under twenty threes player as well. He wasn't signed for the first team squad. No, he was um, signed as a prospect. Yeah, and and I remember the. the Playoff final, seeing his name on the team sheet, thinking, "Oh, okay." I, I knew he'd played a little bit in the build-up. But I was thinking, "Oh, okay." This, this is a big step for him, and he was class that day as well. He played because Davis was suspended, weren't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was it. Davis got suspended. He got his uh, second. Was it his, a yellow card in the semi-final? Yeah. So home coming in. To be fair, he done well. Uh, and yeah, I thought it was class. I genuinely did. I thought it was class that day. Um, he just seems. He, do you know what? He reminds me a lot of Scott Dan. 
Like he's very composed on the ball. He's very like yeah. ample in the air. He doesn't really panic in situations. He just sort of deals with them. And as we're talking about the current squad, I have to ask because I ask everyone, what's, what's your opinions on Ben Sheaf? Here we go. <laughs> I personally haven't seen enough of him live to make a judgment, but I think fair comment. I I, I think what what his issue is is he's not stepped up yet and people forget he's played constantly in League One. But he wasn't even... I don't even think he was a key player for Doncaster. He was like a bit part player, so he was like a rotated player. So I, I don't think he's had that consistent run of like run of games and run of form at this level to actually settle in and bed himself. I think it's a good point you've made about not seeing him live because I, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I, like, I do like him as a player. But I think when you can actually go to games, he does a lot of things people don't notice unless you're at the game. Yeah, so yeah. I think people will come round to him. I don't think he's right in like like Neil does, but I think he's a, he's a decent player. Well, I'm, See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring in Roy Isaac Osborne to that that argument. Isaac Osborne got so much slack over the years mm-hmm. for dropping in at right back, but once you when you actually went and seen him play live at right back, his positional sense and everything, like you could understand why he was there. Yeah, that's and a cracky point that is. Like you, you, a lot of people gave him shit because ah uh, he's made one mistake in that game but they forget the fact that he was like putting the winger in the stands nine times out of ten and it was that tenth time that they scored from yeah yeah and, and again I'm the first one to admit you know Sheafy's made a couple of mistakes that have led to key chances the, the goal against Preston uh, no one can defend him for that uh, although Robbins tried to after the game by saying that high shouldn't have passed the ball but again look ifs buts don't mean anything um, I'll just if I can have any influence on anybody listening to this is can we stop having a scapegoat every season yeah. just you know it seems like we do because if, if you go through the years every, you've year, got, without fail, every yeah. year without fail every year without fail so it was Lee Birds for God knows how long it was Sammy uh, Lincoln for a little while yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, sorry, Sammy. Yes, he got yeah. so much shit for like just trying to get the ball down and play it. So like, even if it was was a sideways pass, yeah. everyone like within ten rows would be like, "Oh, sideways, Sammy's at it again." Yeah. And then you know, every season you go through and you can pick someone. I remember start of last season, Dabo and Walsh, people yeah. weren't fans of, and then look, look, look what they went on and done. Backers had stick for a few years. I think we're getting to the point now where we go. Actually, it's probably a little bit granted. Uh, Bakayoko shouldn't be nowhere near our under-18s team he's absolutely mm. awful but we always have that one scapegoat and I personally want that to disappear so yeah. I, I agree but thanks for your comments there Ben Sheaf's dad <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add to the Sheaf comment as well people forget how old he is he's only like 23 yeah exactly that he is only young and he's like you look at players at this level that are established uh, your midfielders are all going to be like 27, 28 that have either played in the Prem for a year or two and dropped down or they've played in the Championship for a core amount of their career yeah no, I, I agree I agree you both make good points about the scapegoat because not to kind of generalise every commentary fan but a lot of commentary fans on social media which is we know it's not everyone because not everyone's on social media but they always seem to have a scapegoat to blame. Regardless of what goes wrong, they'll blame. So, obviously, Ben Chief. And then I remember going back even further, Stern John. Adebola could miss a chance yeah. and put it out the ground. Stern yeah. John scores and they'll still sing Adebola's name. Like, I just don't get it. Do you remember yeah. when Hussey got so much shit that season that he was here? Yeah. yeah. Although, although like towards the end of it, I think it was quite paramount he was playing above his level. But even like when he was making those mistakes, like I think I think he was only like 22, 21. Yeah, he, he was he a really... He was a really... He yeah. come from non-league to championship. 
it was really raw to be fair like you say it was his first sort of professional sort of experience and yeah, I, I, I think he struggled to be fair I think he was quite homesick as well yeah he went on to have a half decent career didn't he Chris he did done alright like, he's still doing a bit is he like Stevenage or something like that not Don't sure think I think so yeah, yeah he's, he's knocking down the league too yeah I, I think he's doing quite well um, I may be wrong people may correct me he might be at Cheltenham might be at Cheltenham can't remember. I think and then just to add, just to add into that as well, you got Chris Stokes. Yeah, I love, I love Chris Stokes as well. And Stokes oh, was wicked for a free. I really like Chris Stokes. He wasn't injured when he was, especially in seventeen. He was the first player on the team sheet for me. I yeah. thought it was unbelievable when he when he was fit. I think it was a bit injury prone. When he was fit, he was class. Yeah, and people definitely. forget he dropped into centre half for at least like yeah. a quarter of the season. Mm. Did he go back to Forest Green in the end? Did it? Yeah, it, I think that's yeah. where he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's over there now. Or I think didn't he go to somewhere like Northampton and then yeah. he dropped back down to one? Yeah, he's, he's either at Forest Green now or is it Stevenage now? He's he's at one of the two. See what I bet is a lovely, lovely bloke as well to talk to. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can imagine. Right, so we, we've done the, the Coventry City part. Um, now let's look at your wider football knowledge. Welcome back to part two with James Penny. Obviously, we have touched now on, obviously, James's love for commentary. And we want to go into now his wider knowledge of football and things he's experienced when he's not been at commentary games. It could be England, could be a neutral game, could be anyone who he's got a soft spot for. So, first of all, James, what's the best goal you've ever seen live? Uh, funny enough, the best goal I've ever seen live was at Old Trafford. Um, would have been September 2019. Me and my old man went up to watch Man United Arsenal. We are in the Stretford end. Um, managed to get tickets for a mate who's got season tickets and couldn't go. Um, I think they drew 1-1, Aubameyang scored, but then McTominay scored, um, the corner come in, it's come out to him, and he's took it from his left foot, swung it straight to his right, right and in one foul swoop, just pinged it straight in the top bins. I remember yeah, that. I remember that. Finish that was. Mate, I was, I was literally sat right behind it, and as soon as he hit it, me and my old man just went goal. But obviously, sitting in the Stratford end, it's, it's quite, quite famous. What's atmosphere like in the Stratford end? Do you know what, mate? It's like you're at a big family party, genuinely. Uh, everyone that, everyone that, knows each other and they knew that we weren't like regular goers. Were they all right we are? They were sound, but the, the guys like around us were obviously like hearing the accents, knowing we weren't from like, we were born and bred in fucking Salford. And you could see them like all looking at each other. But then as soon as we were just like chatting and like there wasn't a Cockney accent about us, they were sound. Did you and, tell him you were a cough fan? couple of them we said like we've, we've come from Carve and I just explained because one of them walked to me and said oh uh, where's Tony like this is Tony's seat I was like oh yeah I've got his season tickets like I'll play football with him okay. and then that was it they were, they were sound but talking to that mate I went to Arsenal Chelsea about four years ago same situation again a mate of mine had season ticket at Chelsea for a year at, uh, at Stamford Bridge yeah at Stamford Bridge I was in the Matthew Harding lower so same situation as Stratford um, but me again me and my old man were just sat there I think Chelsea ended up winning that one like three one, but with with Stamford Bridge, if you don't leave ten minutes before the end of the game, if you need to get that tube, you're there for an hour after waiting for it to reopen. Yeah. So we ended up having we scooted out, and I'm halfway down the stand, and all I hear is this one bloke from the back of the stand, and the whole stand goes quiet, going, "Oi, are you an Arsenal fan?" <laughs> I'm sat down, I'm like, "Shit." <laughs> so I, t- I turned around to the bloke. I was like, no, we've got to get the train, mate. We're from the Midlands. And then that was it. They were all saying, they're like, all right, Sam, safe journey. I'm like, Jesus Christ, get out of here. Get out of here. Rabbit's nose, was it? <laughs> oh, mate, I was twitching. But well, just, I, I, just the I fact, the fact that everyone around me just went silent and you could feel the eyes. I was like, brilliant. 
to, to, to two stories that, that I've got that are similar. So a good mate of mine, I used to, I used to live with him, Brownie, Chris Brown. Ch- Chelsea season ticket holder. He was in Munich when they weren't. He was in Moscow when they lost the, the two Europe, uh, European finals. Um, he's got Oliver Johnson's shirt from his last game. His memorabilia collection, by the way, rivals any collection I've ever seen. He's got John Terry's suit jacket from the Champions League final in Moscow. Has he got his shin pads? Oh, mate. He's, so, basically, so basically, him <laughs> him and his dad were staying in the same hotel the Chelsea team were. And because it was in the Moscow, it was like, a, I think it was like an 11 o'clock kickoff to their time or something like that. Yeah. Um. Because so, he went to penalties. You're looking at one, half one in the morning by the time it finished. Drowning their sorrows. So I've just gone on a smash all night. So, got back to the hotel, sat having breakfast and they've still got their Chelsea shirt on. Where the club have come out, the, the, the players have come downstairs in the morning. Joe Cole seen them. And gone over, and this has attracted a few of the players. I've seen all the photos. He's got a photo of Avram Grant scratching his head because he obviously didn't know what was going on. Really? <laughs> the one when Terry missed a penalty, is it? Um, yes, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah he slipped and hit the post. Yeah, yeah. It was hammering it down with rain. Yeah. yeah. Um, so literally, all the players have come over. He's had photos with them all. He's got loads of signed stuff. John Terry's literally took his suit jacket off and put it on him. It's got Moscow 2008 on it. With, it's all embroidered. Yeah. It's got JT. Honestly, Hatton Tenkata, who was the assistant manager, gave him his tracksuit, which has got HTC on it. Like He's got all, all, all this stuff. Um, but I went down to watch a few games with him. Again, his dad's a Cockney, mad, mad Chelsea fan, home and away for years. Um, he, he, I remember him saying to me, he's like, I've supported Chelsea back when you boys used to beat us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So no, that, that's the bundle that me and him used to have with it. And I went down. And we watched, it was a Champions League game oh, against Liverpool when Alex scored a hammer of a free kick from yeah. about 35 yards. I was in the Matthew Harden lower that night. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, and again, and it was right at that end. Um, and to be fair, there's a video clip on YouTube of Brownie calling uh, Pepe Werner or Anka. He's halfway down the stairs like, um, But again, that night, they didn't recognise me. And because I didn't really say much, I, I had a few, there was a few glances, there was a few stares. Um, and, and that was a bit moody, especially with the scouts as well, because they just don't get on. Yeah. Um, and then the only other time, so I mentioned um, previously, I've got family in Stoke. So my cousin's a season ticket at Port Vale, and I was up there for the summer when I was 16, and they had crew and a pre-season friendly. And it's like, oh, do you fancy going up? I was like, ah, fuck it, go on then. And so like, look, the only place I can get tickets is, is, is with all the naughty boys. He's like, so you'll have to wear a Vale shirt. I was like, nah, ain't happening. Ain't happening. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, look, you're going to have to avoid you're going to get hurt. I was like, okay, I'm, yeah. one, I was like, I'm one condition. And what's that? I'm wearing my cough shirt underneath so that doesn't touch my skin. There's one photo of me knocking around somewhere that my auntie, God rest her soul, took. Um, and I hope it's burnt somewhere. I'd never see the light of day. So we've gone to this game. And I didn't realise how much there was a rivalry between Crew and Port Vale. Yeah, man. It, it was moody. It was fucking moody. Yeah. Not too far, is it, really? Yeah, no. it, Really moody. It's similar to us in Leicester, mate, distance-wise. Yeah. Um, so we are in the stands. And, like, I could feel it's getting quite toxic. And I'm like, turn around to my cousin. I'm like, fucking hell, I didn't realise it was just bad. Was like, oh, yeah, I've got to tell you, mate. Like, look, we hate each other. And I was like, wow, fucking hell, there we go. His missus happened to be at the game. So it was an evening kickoff. It started getting a bit nippy. And she's like, oh, I forgot my jacket. Neil, give your veil shirt. I was like, no. <laughs> She's like, but you've got a cough top on underneath. And I just stared at her. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, I haven't. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I haven't. And luckily, my, like, my cousin's kind of given a little jab in the leg just to say, shut the fuck up. And it all kind of calmed down. There was one lad who kind of stared at me a little bit. And I was like, nah, mate. Veil, mate. Veil. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> the valiance um <laughs> and i remember I, I, I said to my cousin about five minutes before the end of the game I was like, this is a pretty easy game i'm off I'm, I'm going home i'm going home uh, and we did we left five minutes early and even then as i'm walking down the stairs i heard someone go she was fucking right oh, i've never run so fast in my life man i thought i was gonna get it that night <laughs> I've, I've been to port vale away it's a bit moody at port vale away as a cough fan it's fucking yeah. any yeah. personal vale tunstall burslam yeah he's yeah. banging the middle it's, uh, it's rough as fuck Hey, that's where all my family live. It is, it's, it is, it's proper industrial, it's old school. It's, um, that's where Robbie Williams' family are all from as well. Also, yeah. the legend himself, Phil Taylor's from there, but yeah. it is a vale fun. Yeah, um, Phil Taylor used to play darts in my cousin's local. Yeah, obviously, Eric Bristol went to pub there, didn't he? The Crafty Cockney was in fucking Birdlawn. Probably so, mate. I've never been there myself, like, but yeah, yeah it was. Rest in peace, Eric Bristol, legend. <laughs> James, obviously you mentioned you've been to Old Trafford and, and Stamford Bridge. Yeah. This could be any game ever. Who's the best opposition player you've ever seen? Uh, mate, West Brom, without a shadow of a doubt. That season where they had Gera, Brunt, Kevin Phillips, like when they absolutely tore the championship a new one. That, the that football they played that season in the Mowbray, mate, was ridiculous for a championship team. You knew they were turning up and within 10 minutes, they, they literally, like, it was like, this is my ball. We will let you have it when we want you to have it and we want to run around for a little bit. Well, was that the season they'd done his father in the FA Cup? Yeah, man. Yeah, and they brought, like, 5,000 fucking fans. Me and Neil were on the bus that day and we gave Ishmael money the wanker song after the game, didn't we? Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, we, we spoke about our We used to get the bus from the Lime Tree Club. And for some reason, I think it had broke down or something, so we were the last bus to leave. So as we come around the corner, he's, he's on the phone. Was, was he on the phone? Yeah. Yeah, he was on the phone and like we've all seen him and like, fucking banging on the windows. He's turned around and we're like, yeah, you wanker. All the hand signals, all sorts. And he's just smiled, waved, did 5-0 with his hands and went back to his phone call. <laughs> oh, they literally, like, literally, all of us just slumped into our seat. <laughs> oh, there was a few tears in the beer that night, I'll tell you. Hey, that um, squad was naughty. Yeah. Anyone, so, else, anyone else to stand out individually? Like the best individual performance you've ever seen or anything? Um. Oh, not quite sure. Individual performance. Um. I think to be fair, every time I watched West Brom and I watched like Zoltan Gira play, mate, the geezer was just unreal. Like the yeah, skill he had fair. was scary, and how he didn't play for someone like Everton or like someone in the top half of that Premier League when he was in his prime. I don't know like what went yeah. through either his head or like what they were overlooking but he could have walked into any one of those teams and like made a difference where did he go after West Brom couldn't tell you mate did he go to Hall he went to Hall yeah, for about Borden, actually, two yeah. years and then he went back to Bulgaria or went abroad he ended up going back to um, West Brom at one point because was he at Fulham as well at some point yes sure yeah, he he and, it, and uh, Robbie Corran as well Robert Corran in centre mid they had a, like you say that side was phenomenal that season so I used to work with a West Brom fan and he talks about that season quite a lot um, do you know what you mentioned Corrin now I think it was Corrin that went to Hull yeah it was Gear went Gira with went him for Fulham. a season and then went to Fulham sure he did I know, I know Gear was definitely at Fulham and then he went back to West Brom for a couple of years 
Yeah. Um, I, I know that much for definite. Um, I'm, again, I'm sure people will be uh, listening to this, screaming at it, just going, dickhead, you didn't do that. I, I've, I've, <laughs> I've just Googled it. Um, it was at West Brom 2004-2008. It was at Fulham 2008-2011. Went back to West Brom 11-14. to And then he went to some team I can't pronounce, but they're in the Hungarian League. Oh, Ferenovas or somewhere yeah, like that. Ferenovasi TC or something. Yeah, mate. Lo- Say that lo- after a few cans. Lockdown. <laughs> they, they were the only league that was playing football, so I studied a little bit of uh, Hungarian and Bulgarian football. <laughs> For West Brom, he made 165 appearances and he scored 25 goals, but he was a good player, he was. Yeah, he was class, man. He was class, to be fair. Uh, and like you say, that's a good side, to be fair. Just going back to him, I didn't know this. Um, he currently manages Hungary in the 21s. All right. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. A little, little bit of knowledge for you. Um, wow. so you've mentioned West Brom a little bit uh, in this in this podcast today, James. Are they a club you've got a soft spot for it, or is there anyone else that kind of sticks out a little bit? Yeah, well, I, I, like I was saying, I said today a couple of days ago, my soft spots were Spurs. Um, and the reason behind that is, um, obviously, Robbie Keane was absolutely smashing it for us, and then he left in, left for Inter. And I absolutely adored Robbie Keane as a kid. Yeah. And then when he came back to England for Spurs, I, f- I just naturally started watching the Spurs games because Robbie Keane was playing. And then it just grew from there that I just had a soft spot for Spurs. But that link up he had with Berbatov was a different gravy, wasn't it? Oh, mate. Jermaine Defoe as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was, oh. I'd, I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd, like, as well, the, the one underrated player in that Spurs side when I was watching it was Freddie Canute. Canute yeah, could absolutely turn games. He was a hell of a player. To be fair, Spurs have always had a good side. Um, yeah. You, you look back over the years and some of the players that played for them, um, it it's, surprises me they haven't won more than what they have. Yeah, but then you also look at some of the players that have played for them mate, at the top level and it's questionable, like Stephen Clements. Yeah, true. True. It, it felt for a while that they were a feeder club as well. Um, yeah. The, the players went there to get like top half experience and like Michael Carrick, perfect example, came through West Ham went on to Tottenham, got his Premier League experience, and then went right. So I'm going to Man United to win things. I, yeah. I, I tell you, one player said that for me when you mentioned Spurs, and if he wasn't injured, he would be in every all-time eleven of all time. Ledley King. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, mate. I went down and watched uh, Spurs Birmingham. Um, oh, I can't remember when it was, but I, they, they won one 0 and Aaron Lennon scored like right late on. But Ledley King, I think that was one of the only games he played that season. And he ended up playing like 75 minutes and then got subbed. But, mate, the, the, his awareness and how he read the game is scary. Yeah. I, I, listen to anyone who knows him a lot, who managed him. If he wasn't injured, he would be one of the best of all time. Different and, he, and, and also, when he played, he never trained, mate. He trained yeah, one he day a week. Football, did he? Yeah. he must have been blown out of his arsehole playing professional football for 90 yeah. minutes. See, I'm, I'm going to throw this one out there. How many England caps does he get if he, if he has a fully functional body? Over 100 by mile. Yeah. Brian Moyle, he's got a surely. I'm not. I'm not an England fan, but he's surely over 100 for England if he can. Is he England's Paul McGrath? Paul McGrath is. That, Paul McGrath, his training was eight points of Guinness before a game, and he, he was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. I think he is. Yeah, I'd say that's just, probably just a, a good drink. analogy. Just without the drink, just having the chocolate knees. Um, <laughs> on the subject of Paul McGrath, anyone who. Wants a book to read. His autobiography is. I was just about to say that. Old. His was the first autobiography I read, and mate, that like I could not put that shit down. Yeah, it, it was somehow. So some of the stories just you'll only read in his book just because they are somehow. 
the best thing I can say about Paul McGrath, my granddad's followed Coven Ireland since 1964. And you ask him now, well, who's the best Who's the best player you've ever seen play for Ireland? It's Paul McGrath. It's, it's not Robbie Keane, it's not Noel Quinn, it's not Roy Keane, it's Paul McGrath every time. He's that good, apparently, like different level. What about what about Clinton Morrison or Tony Cascarino? <laughs> Jason McAteer. <laughs> oh mate, no, we had McAteer at the uh, at the Rialto a couple of months ago. Is it not nice bloke? Well, I say a couple of months ago, back last nearly a year ago now. What was he? What was he like? Do you know what, mate? He was very big headed. What Jason was? Yeah, mate. Oh, he walked. He walked in like he owned the place. Did he? He was sound like, to talk to. He was sound, but like there was a few bits where he, he turned into a diva. He's the one who fucking lost his car with Razor Ruddock, weren't he, when he was yeah. at Liverpool? Yeah. I'll I, I tell you what, you, that's that's just the tip of the iceberg with some of the stories I'm sure you've got, James. I don't know about you, Dave, but I reckon that we might have to get James back to uh, lift the lid on some uh, <laughs> on, on some stories. And, oh, I, and I don't just mean football. I'm sure James has got some stories about some comedians and other sportsmen. That um... anyone who doesn't doesn't know James for, for the job he does, he knows he knows a lot of. I don't know the word famous, but people who are in the public eye. Yeah. And some of the stories he's got. If we went for a beer, he'd have me there all night. Mate, I'm 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 going to tell you one now, Stern John. Go on. We went. Uh, we like my old man does a golf day every year with the former players association, and they have a couple of players at Rock Hut from the current squad. Yeah. And that year they had the whole squad turn up because Mickey Adams made sure that the whole squad was there along with the former players, and all of these players are turning up with golf bags, fully kitted out, everything. Stone John <laughs> and I shit you not turns up in a t-shirt, a pair of Nike cargo shorts, <laughs> a pair of total ninety astroturfs, and four <laughs> golf clubs. Oh, I can see it. I can Did see it. He, 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 huh? <laughs> Did he have a driver and a putter or what? He had a driver, a putter, a wedge and an iron. <laughs> Fantastic. And everyone went, oh, where's the rest of your clubs? And he went, they're here. I don't need any more. Was, he... huh? was he any good? <laughs> he was awful. He was just there because the club were telling him to be there. Oh. But he, he, he rocked up and he got, got involved with it. And he was like, he was sound with it. But like you looked at him and everyone's there like in their little like this. Their like um their gilets and their jumpers with their proper shirts, proper golf gear, and he just rocks up like he's turned up to the beach for a bit of mini golf. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so, so then, James, what's the best ground you've ever been to? Um, I'm going to put it into two different categories. So I'm going to do like wow factor, and then I'm going to do atmosphere as well. Um, like for wow factor, obviously for me, with Spurs being the soft spot. Um, Spurs is up there because it's got that Premier League ground feel. It is like mm-hmm. your proper old school feel as well, where you're going in through the houses. Like it's it, before it was renovated, it was surrounded by houses. Um, but I mean, for have me, you, have you been down since it's been done up? Have you? No, we were planning to go in May, but then obviously the world decided yeah. to implode. Um, but yeah, we, we, as soon as this is all over, me and my old man are planning to just go down, even if it's just for a tour or like just something. Just have looks a little class, look down. to be fair. It looks ridiculous. It mate. looks beautiful, yeah. doesn't it? What a stadium that looks. Like every little detail of it was like taken into account. I love the fact that they've, they've kept the cockerel and put it right at the top. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Yeah. Just just to touch on Tottenham before when they when they were at Wembley, I'd done a tour at Wembley. Um. So, but when I was when I done it, Spurs were playing there, so that cockerel was just there, and I just like I've got no affiliation with Spurs. Don't like them, don't dislike them, but you felt special being there, like. And in the dressing room, it said like Tadarius to do whatever that that slogan. It was like you did feel something in the dressing room, mate. Look, mega. I think I think that's the thing with Spurs. It's never like even the players that are there now. I don't know if you've seen the Spurs documentary. On, on Amazon, yeah. 
Yeah, but mate. You, one you of see the best that. bits of telly I've watched in a long time. And you, yeah, you'll you see how like some of the players proper take it in their stride that they are playing for Spurs and like that is the club. Um, but like the, the grounds like Man United, like Old Trafford, didn't really wow me. Like when we went there in the League Cup, I wasn't taken back like a few people were. Mm. And the same with the Emirates, never didn't really like wow me. For me, it's the grounds like Chelsea, there, sort of like in the suburbs. You've got the old school ground feel to it. Proper football grounds. Yeah. But yeah. you can feel all the history yeah. in that ground as well. Like you look at the pitch and you think, actually, I've watched that Champions League semi final there. Yeah. It was like contra- yeah. I, I watched that on telly when it was controversial when Louis Garcia put it over the over the line when I was like nine years old. A Ronaldinho strike where he didn't even lift yeah. his foot back. Oh yeah. when Drog was going mad at the referee after the game as well. It's a fucking oh. disgrace. <laughs> yeah. And it and it was, by the way. Yeah, it and was. It was. But I, I think it's just a wow factor for me. The be- the best ground I have for wow factor was Liverpool. Like, and Anfield, mate. I know you have your like your your beef with Liverpool and Steven Gerrard, mate. I went and watched. I think they were playing Standard Liège in like the Champions League qualifying stages. It was a year after they'd won it, and they had to then go like from the bottom, yeah. mate. The ground was packed out, thirty-eight thousand people. I was, I was, I was literally like ten seats away from the cop end. The whole atmosphere, like the wow factor of the stadium with it being Anfield, the heritage, like the the history was ridiculous. Just just overwhelmed you. Here's a question for you, and I don't like Liverpool, but I watched someone to beat Barca 4 0 when Origi scored from the corner. Yeah. Um, Saturday night. Well, quickly. Dimmer Carigi. Um, I, remember, I remember getting goosebumps when, when he scored. Sitting by the cup, did you get goosebumps for this one? You never walk alone. Oh, mate, I got goosebumps before they'd even start singing You'll Never Walk Alone. Like, you could just, you, it was that, it's that, like, um, it's, it's just amazing like you can feel it while you're sat there you can feel the whole like yeah. buzz around that stand and the fact that everyone in that stand is there because they've either saved for years to get there they've been past their season ticket from granddad to granddad to granddad it's ridiculous like yeah you can't, i can't explain it until like you sit there and feel it you'll never know how it feels man i'm pretty sure it really is a religion for them up there isn't it yeah it really is a religion so one of my earliest football memories watching telly uh football on telly um, and I remember Liverpool played Celtic in the UEFA Cup. Oh, Come on, you played. <laughs> you what, what? Come on, you boys in green. <laughs> but, but at the start of the game, both sets of fans sang you'll never walk alone to the point, I don't know if it was the producer or what, or the BBC broadcast just told the commentators to shut up. Yeah. And they did. I think I remember uh, that. And I just remember the camera panning around. And I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. Just, I remember sitting there as a kid, wide-eyed, watching this game and just hearing a whole ground with all of their passion singing that song just going, yeah, that's a bit special. That's a bit... And there's something about those European lights underneath the lights. I've, I've said it previously, I love football under the lights. I think yeah. it's it's the most beautiful thing. But there's something about that, you know, Anfield under the lights and a European night. Just the drama. You, you go back to the 70s, when they beat St. Etienne, um, uh, and the cop pretty much sucked the goal in. Um, I'm sure there's plenty more that I'll forget, but obviously we talk about Olympiacos um, yeah. and, and that strike, the, the Chelsea semi-finals. There's so much history steeped in that ground with European football that uh, I, I think as a football fan, you can't not recognise how that would make you feel. It's funny you say that. I've got two points to make from that. Um, first of all, at Anfield, when Liverpool played Dortmund in the Europa League, was it 4 all? Yes. Yeah, yeah the, the atmosphere on telly that night was unbelievable. 
I, I went round Chambo's house. So yeah. Yeah, one yeah. of those maybe Robbie Chambo. Went round Robbie's house with my with my wife and his um, ex missus and we were having a nice little couple meal with the football on in the background. Needless to say, uh, the women hated us after about ten minutes because we just blanked the meal off and we were watching the football because it was just a hell of a game. Just a phenomenal game of football. The, the other point you made about Celtic and Liverpool singing, going back to Cov for a second, we played Celtic at the Rico in Richard's testimonial. Uh, and Celtic brought 4,000 fans down for it. We beat them 3-1. But obviously, I remember, remember sitting and just listening to Celtic fans singing at the Rico and thinking that you, some club you've got there for a testimonial was singing 4,000 of them on Tuesday night. Mate, I was mascot yeah. on that game. Well, oh, yeah. I, think, I think I was like 10. Like 10 years old. My old man paid for me to walk out with like the Celtic team. Did it? Standing on that pitch, mate, was ridiculous. Like even even now, thinking about it, you get yeah. goosebumps. Like, mate, whole... whose who's hand did you hold walking out? Yo, I'm Yalby, mate. It was the only player that I didn't dwarf. <laughs> I, was, I was six foot by the time I was like eleven years old, mate. So I couldn't walk out of anyone else. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I never did as a kid. I was never a mascot. Oh, I never. Mate, did I, I was mascot about five times. Like they'd get never, to games never, where never they were like, it. "Look, we've been let down on the last minute." Because like my mum used to be the photographer. They'd yeah. phone my mum like, "Does James want to do it?" I remember doing it at Wolves away, mate. I was 11, and it got to a point where when I was asked, I was like, this has got to be my last time. Like, I'm... I'm too big. Le- <laughs> I've got a beard. To the point where I'm stood on the sidelines and all these Wolves fans are going, who's that? <laughs> I'm like, nah, I, I can't have I, this. I bet people thought you were a new signing. Mate, they did. They genuinely did. And I'm, my, my old man was stood there listening to him and just giggling. And I remember that game, I went arse over tit in the middle of the pitch in front of 10,000 people, mate. <laughs> How tall are you now, James? 6'6". Six, 6'6"? Six. Six, six. Look, walking out Anthony Joshua in the Rialto, ain't I? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you, no, you, you used to get funny when I was like getting pictures with like Michael Mifsud and I was like 13 years old. Picking him and up. he's like coming like halfway up me. Funny story about him. I seen him in um, sports soccer in Central Six buying a new pair of boots. Did you? <laughs> yeah. He's buying a new pair of boots <laughs> with, uh, with again, uh, our mate Pasty. Yeah, yeah. Um, no word of a lie. We um, we played cricket in the summer at a barbecue, and we went to get a new cricket bat, just because it's what you do, isn't it? Um, did the old trick where you get the, the pre-bagged one for twelve quid, and you get and you swap the stuff out with the decent stuff because they don't check at the tills. So you get eighty quid worth of gear for twelve quid. Job done. And Mister yeah, was in there buying new boots. Just, just, just thought, come on, mate. Surely someone at the club's got to be setting you up a little bit better than please, this. Please tell me you had a pair of Sondikos in his hand. I can't remember. They were white. I remember they were white. And I remember just thinking... What's his agent, anyway? What's his agent playing at? I know, yeah. What's the player liaison officer at the club doing? Like, someone's got to be sorting his boots out there. Look, Juggy's buying shippers' boots now, so, like... Yeah, yeah. yeah Juggy, where were you then, mate? <laughs> well, the, the next question... I'm going to touch back on the best ground bit. Go on. Um, purely for atmosphere... Um, did you ever go to Ninian Park, mate? Mate, it's my favourite ever away ground apart from Sheffield Wednesday. I loved it. Remember that? Remember that Tuesday night when I think we scored a goal, and then the ref brought it back about four minutes. Yeah. And I was in the away end that that end that night, mate. We were going absolutely apeshit. I was there with my mate Jake, who people listening will get to know Jake when we release his video very soon. Um, we would I went with him the not the year before as well. But the coach broke down. We got there in the 70th minute. We were 1-0 up. Jay Tabard scored. Mm. Cardiff got a penalty in the 95th minute and Darren Perth hit the bar. I felt like we won the league that day. What a game that was. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was a proper... That used to be up there with like, the Den, didn't it? As one of them as feared grounds to go yeah, to. Not, we mentioned before, I, I don't get intimidated at games really because it's not like that anymore. But walk out in Indian Park that day, 
my ass was going like a rabbit's like a rabbit's yeah. foot. I just wanted to get back on the coach and get back D- to Cardiff. Dillian Park's got a very similar feel to the like to Port Vale. It is yeah. very like yeah. they're on top of that, and that is it. Like yeah. you it's can't go down a back alley, or you can't take a little shortcut or go the long way. That's it. You either go into them, or you you like you're running. Yeah. Proper um, old school ground, that yeah. The next Love that, one, it's it's Neil's baby of a question, so Neil can ask it. Go on, lad. <laughs> it is my baby of a question. Uh, <laughs> a little brainstorming meetings. This came this came up. What is your unpopular footballing opinion? Football opinion. Yeah, so, uh, to be fair, I think we've had about 15 between us, haven't we, Dave, over the episodes? I think so, mate. I've, I've, <laughs> I've narrowed down one that will piss a lot of people off, and I think it will piss you two off and make you go, nah, really? Go on. Come on, then. I never, I never rated Danny Fox. Fucking hell, what are you talking about? Right, ladies and gentlemen. Right, ladies and gentlemen. So that's this week's episode <laughs> done. Um, mate, you'll I, never I, hear from James again. <laughs> I never rated Danny Fox. I always thought he was a free kick king, and whenever he was playing, he was too, in, too inconsistent and too lazy. Can you, do you want to elaborate more? I'm lost for words. <laughs> Just like when within the games, like if we needed him to step up in a game, he never stepped up in a game. The only time he would sort of step up essentially was when he stood in front of a free kick. If you've got a winger running at him, he wouldn't nail him and put him into the stands. He got well, I, remember get, I remember getting sent off against Charlton for putting tackles in. Yeah, but that was just because he was—he'd lost his head. That weren't from passion or from trying yeah, to win. Possibly. Neil, I remember that. It was a fucking shit. He wanted a day off after that, didn't he? The terrible challenge that was. Yeah, it was. To be fair, I, I remember um, again stood with Pasty. And Pasty's like, "Oh, I don't know what the rest of it now is." Like, mate, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm one of these guys at the ground, right? And you, you'll get these everywhere you go. There's always those blokes. Like, oh, ref, they got a clue what they're doing. They're rubbishly dry cesspit. I'm the one that's like, <laughs> yeah, there's. Um, <laughs> Forward, <laughs> <laughs> mate. You, you've got me there. You've got me. You've obviously got me. I'm one of those ones. that's like that. To be fair, I, I can kind of see it. A prime example: Akron and Stanley last season. Max and Biamo's red card at St Andrews. Um, yeah, Albo, yeah. Albo yeah. in the middle of the park. Yeah, people absolutely clattered him. One of the most stonewall red cards you'll ever see. And yet there was people around me. Oh, fucking ref lost this game. No, he hasn't. It was a stonewall red card. Like everyone can see it. Um, I'm, again, th- this season I had I had discussions on Twitter with people. Um, Norwich game in the league, they got the penalty. At the time, I said that's a stonewall penalty. Not not and gone Forest away. The 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 penalty in the ninety seventh minute. At the time, I said stonewall. I still stand by it. I think it's a penalty. Uh, didn't did we? Me and you argue about that. I think we did, mate. Yeah, I think yeah. we did. Um, my head fell off and I was like you're talking bollocks there's never a penalty in a million years <laughs> <laughs> hang on a minute your, your head didn't fall off did it mate <laughs> no, like, yeah. no it, uh, do you know what I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through my reasoning for that Forest penalty now so one Maxime Biamin played a 60 yard ball back in the 90s whatever I minute I, carry on. I never want to hear that again because it still pisses me off to this day what was he playing yeah. I've no idea yeah. Minute, oh, oh, I could analyse that over and over again but <laughs> The second that fucking Lyle Taylor has got that ball, I've said he's goring or it's a penalty. And he did the textbook thing that strikers do. He cut across McFadden. The second he did that, McFadden had no choice. Yeah. No choice. He, it was either he's going to have a shot on goal or he's going down. And I yeah. get they got in a little bit of a clutter, but it was textbook centre-forward play from, from um, Lyle Taylor. Uh, by the way... So many of them over the years as well. Yeah. I know he's a bit of a prick, but absolute minerals to do that in a penalty at the 97th minute to win the game. 
I think he's a good player. I don't think top. I think he's a good striker outside of us. Mm. Yeah, he, he, he did. He did well, didn't he? At Wimbledon. Then we're not to shout and did the same thing. Um, what I like about him is he's raw. Like, yeah. there's, no, there's no sort of boundaries to him. Like, you get some strikers where, and some players where you look at and you think, actually, that's their lane. Like, but with him, he sort of drifts along the moor. One game, mm. like, he, he, he's, he's like an all rounder. I'm not going to go into it now, but have you, have you heard his interview um, about the Black Lives Matter and why you won't take a knee? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he explains it quick, he explains himself really well, James. And anyone else listening to this yeah. who, who hasn't done it, I think it was with the, I think it was with BBC Nottingham. Um, I think it was all over their Twitter. Go and have a look. Um, I think it's very insightful. Very, very insightful. Um, you got any more, James? Is that your only one? You got more than one unpopular opinion. It's the only one I can think of at the forefront of my mind, mate. That was the one that sort of stuck out. Where every as soon when I mentioned it to everyone else, where I'm like, I don't rate him. They got exactly the same reaction as you to. But it's, yeah. it's just just purely from tactical analysis. Like having done, like having done, like I know it's management of fucking Sunday league and shit, but. In terms yeah. of what you want from players, Danny Fox was never like one of those for me that stood out in terms of commitment and effort on a pitch. Following on from Neil's Ben, ben Sheep question, then I'll ask you a question from my own personal view. Jordan Willis, what's your opinion? Because for me, how he's not played for England is an absolute utter joke. <laughs> I Fucking hell. Have you just dropped the England, England line in there? We're talking about Jordan Willis. I, I drop it every time I speak about him. I think the play is a different game. And obviously not for England, but generally I think Willis is a class act. I think he's a good centre-half, <laughs> mate, but I don't think... I think where he is now, mate, is where his level is. I think he'd struggle in the Championship consistently. You reckon? Yeah. I don't know. I, I reckon in our side, I think he'd do well. I just think in general, mate, I think he'd struggle because you're coming up against different different kettle of fish. Like you're genuinely yeah. coming up against fifteen to twenty goal season like a season strikers every yeah. week. In yeah. League One, League Two, you're coming up against them once every couple of weeks. Yeah. And and, and if you look at the quality of strikers that are sitting on the bench for some clubs. Yeah, man. The, you know the fact that when we played Norwich in the cup of the week, Jordan Hugo. I was just about to say, look, look at Norwich and same with QPR. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they had Connor Washington on the bench. Yeah. 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 Exactly that, and it's like you, but you, you go up and down the leagues and you see that David Nugent's not getting a sniff at, at Preston, nah. And uh, and you know, a, a proper old experience head. Burrow have got a good few strikers as well. You just think, fucking hell, like that, that's where our squad depth really needs looking at, uh, in all honesty. But speaking of squads, this is the perfect tedious link. <laughs> to get us to get us into what we're all here for, which is James's best ever city eleven. So then, James, let's get down to the nitty gritty. The reason that we're all here, your best ever city eleven. What what are we going for? Four four two? No, four three three, mate. Oh, nice. Very attacking. Yeah. Um, right. So start at the back. Who's your keeper, mate? Uh, Kieran Westwood in goal. Nice. Obvious reasons. Nice. I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I, I think he came very close to last did it, Dave. He, he was second, weren't he? He was second for both of us. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. If if we say clean sweep, it could mean Neil have both got him. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it was a toss up between three for the keeper for me, and it was Westwood, uh, Headman, and then it was Martin Fullup as well. Headman's clean sweep for me and Neil. We both had Headman. Yeah, yeah. we both had Headman, and, and, and an honourable mention to Martin Fullup, RIP. What a keeper he was as well, by the way. What a keeper. Oh, it's good if we didn't sign him. Really good to And then they ended up at Sunderland. Fucking hell. Um, James, <laughs> why'd you pick Westwood? 
I just think he was the most consistent, and he was the one that I saw a lot more of. Like when I went to when I was start, when I was going to City games, he yeah. was one that even when we were like getting absolutely smashed by teams and they were coming onto us six, seven, eight at a time when they were throwing everything at us, he'd be he'd, he was the last sort of he was like a brick wall in some games, mate. Some of the saves he pulled off were ridiculous. It's a great shot stopper. Do you remember Birmingham away when we were one 0 Yeah, man, that save. What, what a performance that night! Yeah, that save yeah, where he just flicked it over night. the bar. Yeah. Yeah, he was frightening. Uh, yeah, well, great show. Yeah, it was on Sky on a Monday night. Yeah. Are you going great right keeper. Uh, right back, mate. I'm going Richard Keogh. Yeah. Keogh? Okay. Left mate, field. It's the season when he was, like, his first season here, he slotted in at right back just before they moved him into centre-half. Yeah. And in terms of us going forward and having an attacking prowess, everything went down that right-hand side and Keogh was at the centre of it. Like, he was, he was constantly up and down like a little motor. No, I can see that. Keo was a great centre-half for us. Um, he was class, man. Really good centre-half. And he, to be fair, he had, he's had a good career since he's gone on. Obviously, Dave will have followed him with the poison green. Uh, so, so we'll have seen a lot more more of him. Yeah, um, to be fair, he, he played really, he, for Ireland. He had a really, really good career. He played well for Ireland for a lot of years. He's just really good consistent. And then you look at, obviously, he had the bad car crash. Um which meant he dropped down to MK Dons. But as we're recording this, he's uh, he missed the match day squad at the weekend, linked with uh, a championship club, which made Twitter go mental. <laughs> Whenever an... Apparently it's Huddersfield, that's what I heard. Um, but for some reason, any time a former cough player leaves a club, uh, Twitter yeah. goes mad that they're going to come back. So um, be prepared for us while they on our faces when he's unveiled at Royton at the end of the week. James, you have a question. Would you have a fight now? I, I wouldn't, personally. I wouldn't. See, that's 6-1 half a dozen. In terms of playing career, probably not. I think he's just over the hill for championship. But if he came in in sort of a player-coach sort of capacity, where he would then take people like Hyam and uh, Michael Rose and people like that under his wing and give them that sort of experience, I'd definitely take him. Because I think someone like Richard Keogh could take Hyam to another level. He could be a great mentor, yeah. Like yeah. Dry, lads like Drysdale and Thompson as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, and yeah. He, I think he'd be... He, I don't think he'd get in the team every week, but if we were ever at square pegs, putting square pegs in round holes, Richard Keogh at 35, 36 is better than putting an academy lad in there. It's kind of like an, another McFadden. He can lead the line because of experience. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and like you, we mentioned before about Hoyam being a little bit tired at the minute. Again, it wouldn't be a bad shout to have someone like him just to come in and just have a game, just to kind of give him... Like a yeah, yeah. yeah literally, as a placeholder, sort of, just to say, right, go and have a breather, get get some rest in the legs, I'll play your game. I don't want to keep the shirt for 15 games. I'm not here to yeah. challenge for your shirt. I'm literally here when the gaffer needs me just to come in, fill that spot. Right, you, you're ready again, son, in you come. So yeah, that that that's exactly how I'd take him back. I wouldn't I wouldn't take him back on a term of him looking to 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 storm the first thing. So I don't think he would. Definitely, definitely, mate. Who's your two centre backs, James? Uh, my two, one of them's going to be quite, like quite controversial. Um, the obvious one's Scott Dan. Clean, Clean sweep. sweep. And the well, other I one, think. who when I was when I watched him when I was growing up from Highfield Road, he was unreal. And then he moved to West Ham, and then his career went for a shit one. I'm Callum, Davenport. Callum Davenport. Davenport. Yeah, I think what if he had a little accident, I think again he would be touching the England lineups. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you guys mention him. 
I think I think we mentioned it was like an honourable mention, uh, or or in one of our discussions off, off camera, we we may have mentioned Callum Davenport because uh, he went to Spurs as well at one point, didn't he? He was at yeah. Spurs and West Ham. And you can see the lad oozed class. Oozed class. He was a great yeah. centre half. Did he get stabbed us or something? Stabbed in both legs, yeah. Did, did, did it end yeah, his career? With his sister. I think it did end his career. Even if it didn't like directly end his career, I think the fact that he never really recovered um, yeah, physically. I think, and I think, I think mentally as well, it would affect you as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think um, when it happened, it was... There was touch and go as to whether he would, um, he would play again, and then I think they gave him the all clear to play again. But when he started training and 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 going into those reserve games, he just wasn't at the level again. So he, I think he made the decision himself to retire. I'll be honest with you, I can see why you put him in because when I watched him, I thought he was a different class as a kid. He was, Mate, he had some yeah. yeah, and he was at the time when Mo Konye was sort of just on his little downfall. Yeah. I think we kept him longer than we expected as well. well I think he was linked to go the season before as well, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, and he was linked I, to go in the summer and he went in the January. Yeah. Um, and he, he was, like you say, he was an player. Do you reckon with another year with us, he could have really progressed on to and kicked on his career a little bit? Because I, I don't think he was an immediate starter, was he, when he moved on? No, he was. He was in the West Ham team. Was he? Yeah. And it was, I think if he stayed with West Ham... And I think what it was, I think West Ham went up and then that put him back down the pecking order. I think at that right, point, okay. if he'd have come down on loan or if he'd have shipped himself out on loan, he'd have progressed himself. But at that point, I think Spurs were sniffing him and then Spurs bought him from that promotion. Which who, then obviously... who did, he play, did he play with Anton Ferdinand? Who did he play with at West Ham? Sure. It, it, I, I imagine it would have been Anton Ferdinand. Yeah. I think it would have been. Weren't they about the same age? Yeah, because they were in the under-21s team together. Or the, yeah. Was it the under-19s? I can't remember. They were yeah. in one of the teams together, and I think that's where West Ham picked him up from. Because mm. he got called up, and then West Ham scouts were watching yeah. the progress of their players within the squad, and then they spotted Davenport. That's mad. That's mad when you look at, like... It was England under-21 international, wasn't it? You just think yeah. he really could have gone on. Uh, I'm really interesting. He would have played for England as his first team cap for England. Oh, 100%. You, you look, is what 38 now? 39? Is it? Yeah, you've got to think, mate. So we played at Highfield Road, you're going back 15 years. Yeah, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you're that old, though, to be I'm 29 in two days. I don't want to get on with it, man. <laughs> so you go back 15 years, he would have been 23. No, he was younger than that. He left us when yeah, he was so, so, so that's what I mean. He would have left yeah. us. So, yeah. Um, it, it, I, I, you look at the centre half yeah, that we've had. If, if you look at the, yeah. Between 35 38 sort of range. Yeah. So, yeah, it, if you look at this, the, you know, the centre half around that sort of age limit, it, it would have been tough because he would have been competing with the likes of JT, Rio Ferdinand, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matty Upson. But. If you, you look say at the that, fact that people like Michael Dawson still got caps, yeah, Michael Dawson yeah, got caps, yeah, definitely. And you know, Carragher played games at centre half yeah. uh, when he was a right back at that sort of time. So yeah, I think I think def- uh, definitely would have been him of a shout. So right, we know it's not Danny Fox, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Warnock, mate. Again, same season, so consistent, Lovely. and 
I only wish we'd have signed him again or like the club would have actually put the money in the pocket and signed him because I think he would have been another one that would have stayed with us for five, six years, saw us up and he would have been like a little bit of a different class to keep us either in the championship or push us that little bit more when we needed it. It's funny you say that because me and Neil both had Danny Fox, but I, I mentioned in mine, Stephen Warnock was a, was a player, man. Yeah, you went on to have a great career, didn't he? Blackburn, Villa. Yeah. Uh, Wigan as well. Yeah, Wigan at some point. Yeah. He, um, he, I think he's got a couple of England caps as well, didn't he? One or two. Um, not sure. I don't know if he made a full debut. He, yeah, he may have played friendlies thinking about it. I'm, I'm sure I'll record, vaguely see him when we had the dark blue shorts uh, playing. Are or you? that all-white kit with the, the red outline on the badge. Maybe. I may, I may have been getting mixed up with Nicky Shorey. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, um, Nicky Shorey got England caps, and that would have been about yeah. the same time. Yeah, fuck no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nicky was, man. <laughs> <Bang> average. <laughs> but no, uh, did Warnock get a player of the season for us in that season he was on loan? Yeah, yeah he, he did. did. I, think I think that speaks volumes. For a left-back to get a player of the season. Um, really shows what sort of impact he had on the side. I think as well, we signed him on loan and he ended up knocking Steve Staunton out the side. Well, was he from Liverpool, was it? Yeah, yeah we got him on a yeah. yeah. Uh, to be fair, we've had a good few players come from there. Like with Tom Richie as well. Richie Patrick, that We mentioned best goals earlier. Remember his goal against Norwich? Yeah, yeah what, was, a oh, what a strike that was. Maybe he's won Boxing Day against Reading. Yeah, he did score tapping, didn't he, that lad? Yeah, he knew a match behind me, loved the world, he didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to midfield. So you're going three centre midfielders, are you, James? Yeah, I've got one holding, two centre mids. The holding nice. one is Aaron Gunnison. Fair play. Purely because, again, similar reasons, sort of, Keo always had his heart on his sleeve. Never let, never, for me, never let the side down. He was always like, he was always the one that was running when we were 3 0 down and he was chasing every ball. I agree. Sort of person he'd run for a brick wall for you. Yeah, man. Do you think he made the right move going Cardiff? Considering yeah. considering he was linked with the likes of Celtic, West Brom. Do you think that, that Cardiff was the right move for him? Yeah, because I don't think he was. I don't think he had the mustard for the Premier League. I think he'd have gone to the Prem and he'd have got et up and he'd have got chewed and chewed up and spit out. I'm pretty sure. Didn't you play in the Prem with Cardiff when they went up? Yeah, he, he did. did yeah, but he struggled a little bit. Yeah, but if he, I think if like I'm saying, if he'd have made that move from Cov straight to the Prem, yeah, I think every all the eyes would have been on him and he'd have got chewed up, spit out, and he'd have left. He'd have been rotten in the lower leagues. I think moving to Cardiff and then progressing with them as a key part of their team did his career really well. What's he doing now? Um, he's in Saudi Arabia or something like that. He's yeah, Middle East, man. Is it? Yeah, he left Cardiff and went out to like Qatar or somewhere like that. I may be all, wrong. All about the pound note to finish his career. Can't blame him, mate. Can't blame him. He'll do it. Look, even Baker did it. Baker went to India, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He basically got paid however much he got paid to have the shit for six months. <laughs> mate, I, I'd take it. I, I love a ruby. I, I, yeah, mate, I'd go out there all day. Playing. It's, it's, speaking of Baker as well, he was playing with fucking Bobby Keane. Yeah. Oh, they were the same club, weren't they? Yeah, he was, weren't he? Yeah, mate, I'd be there. Order and Connor Thomas, so you know, superstars everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Surely, <laughs> got about fifty-eight goals in ten games in that division. No idea, mate. No idea. Um, I must admit, the Indian Super League isn't top of my uh, sporting knowledge. You've let yourself down, you I thought you were a stato, lad. I know, mate. To be <laughs> fair, I'm, I'm going to have to come back tonight. Start the next episode. I'll have a little intro where I talk about. Uh, how many goals Robbie King got in India? He only played nine games, mate. He scored six. 
It's not a bad record, that is it? <laughs> I'll take that all day. I'll take that all day. Um, and, and let's be honest, Gunnar was more than just a long throw as well, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, mate. Te- te- technical ability was ridiculous. That goal at Blackburn? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, if I remember rightly, he, there was a game as well where I think he, we, we had him in at right back and he pinged. I, I, I just remember him pinging this switch ball and whoever's got it has brought it down, whipped it in the box and popped it in. But it they, was, it was um, Watford away. I was there. I remember it. Watford. Watford. I, I, I just remember watching like, as you watch that goal unfold. You can just see like the whole t- like, whole Watford team just stand and watch because yeah. there's nothing they can do. Who's who, who your two in the middle, James? Uh, two in the middle. Obviously, J Tab touched on him earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone's Don Hutchison, mate. What a player, big Don was. Do you know what the centre mid? I had. Do you goal at Leeds? That's, yeah. Mate, that one goal of the season that year. Did he mean it? Yeah, he did mean it. 100%. Yeah, did. Because um, I, I went to the end of the season awards with my old man. And uh, we ended up having a table. But because my old man sponsored him that season, he was on the table. And he oh, won. Okay. He obviously brought the awards back. And that, that's the first thing we all asked him. We were like, did you mean that goal? And he was like, I genuinely meant it. He said, I looked up, I saw him off his line. And I thought, if I don't try it now, I'm never going to try it. But, but what was he like as a bloke? Nice bloke? As a bloke, mate, he was absolutely spot on. This whole squad that season, mate was just well, completely well, down to earth. Were they on the piss word at that night? Yeah, mate. Yeah. We we ended up with Don Hutchison and Aidy Williams on our table. Aidy Williams, okay, at the yeah. end of the night, wanted to take my dad back to Reading for an absolute sesh. <laughs> like, just a pure piss-up. He went, oh, no, people were pubs and bars. We'll just get on the piss all weekend. Love that. He was, he Love was, that. He, he was just so down to earth. And then, um, yeah, they, they were all just on, on the razz, mate. It was, it was, it was really good atmosphere. I can imagine Big Don loving this week. You know, you look at the career he's had. He was at West Ham, Liverpool in the early nineties. You know, when the drinking culture was really about. And that West Ham side, I think he was at was Razor there at the time as well. Yeah, Razor Yeah, so you, you can imagine. So old, old big Razor, mate. You can imagine that being a hell of a fucking dressing room because the Canio probably would have been there as well. I was going to give an honourable mention to Centimid as well. Um, do you remember Kalalu Fadiga? Yes. If he done a bad heart, man, he done all right, didn't he? He was class. Yeah. I think he only played about six games for us. But Where have you pulled games, that one out from? It. I just, it, love, it's the one player that stuck that. out in my mind. Yeah, I think he retired early with heart problems, didn't he? He had a really bad yeah. heart or something, yeah. yeah. What yeah. a shout. What a shout. James, before we carry on to your, to your three strikers, on. how come you've gone down the route of championship and not premiership? Is that because you've seen them more? Uh, more, it's more because I've seen them more, but then um, in terms of the players that I've seen championship-wise, it's more, I suppose, yeah, I've, I've, I've basically grew up watching all these. Yeah, you, you've lived that sort of time period, yeah. yeah. So, uh, although, although I know, like, within, within my honourable mentions, like, I've, I've shortlisted everything, and I've got, like, Roland Nielsen down, I've got Big Mo, Richard Shaw down, I've even got, like, Richard Wood in there. Yeah. See, I nearly, I, I nearly went for Elliot Ward at centre half purely yeah. simply because of the championship era. See, that's another unpopular peer, opinion. I never really rated Elliot Ward as a centre half, mate. I thought he was a I like Ward. He always used to prance around mom, back, I used to call him Wendy. Is that because apparently he got Southampton when he chipped down the middle and missed? Don't. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> but I, I still remember he scored, he scored one against Leicester at, at the Rico. They, oh, who was he? It was either Leeds or Cardiff. He scored another one as well, and Leeds. it was ram that day. Ram Leeds. that day. That was that was one of the best atmospheres I felt at the Rico. Yeah, we we lost three team. Max Grade had a worldie for Leeds, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But, I think Rob, Robert Snodgrass was on the other wing, weren't he? What bloody hell! That's we. How how are you put a nose wingers out of the championship? Yeah, that's a joke, it. isn't it? Mate, you say that we had Lloyd Dyer in the last season of High for Rose. <laughs> Level. Did, 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 he, did he? Did he? Was he in the squad when Leicester won the Premier League? It fucking can't have been surely. No, no, I think he'd moved on by then. Had he moved on? I think he might have done. That would have been I, I'll tell you what, in the squad, the lad is just on for us. Matty James. Yeah, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Matty James, yeah. I, and apparently, so I, I used to work with a Leicester fan. I worked with a Leicester fan the season afterwards, uh, Tommy Orton, because um, I remember he got a couple of disciplinaries for just disappearing to Villarreal uh, in the Champions League <laughs> or Atletico <laughs> Madrid. Um, literally just saying, yeah, look, I know he got a holiday left, but I'm not missing this because Leicester will never be in the Champions League again. That's exactly what he said to the gaffer. Oh, and to be fair, the gaff was a huge Liverpool fan, so he was like, I'll get it, but I've got to kind of go down the disciplinary room. He was like, yeah, Sal, don't worry about it. Um, and I remember speaking to him um, at the time about their side. And, you know, he talk about and it, some of the players that he said missed out. So they had the big Polish centre-half. Um, oh, what was his name? I'll let you attempt to say his name. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> They all loved him, but he couldn't get in the side because of how good Wes Morgan was doing. Um, and Matty James was another one. And I messaged him um, when we signed Matty James. And I said, oh, we've got him, what do you reckon? And he said that he... The plan was Ranieri was going to play in that season with Kante instead of Drinkwater. But because he was because of his injuries, Danny Drinkwater played instead of him and went on and... Uh, the rest of the state's history, isn't it? You remember how good Kante was? He was that good. He got a drink water in the England squad. Do you reckon that's why Chelsea signed Kante? Because they got drink water and realised he was absolutely pony without Kante. Just a point that James made. James said he went with the Championship players. And I, I want to touch on this point. I think as you get older, you understand the game more. And in the yeah. Championship, we were kids. So James has kind of gone down the proper route. So I really respect that. Fair play to you, man. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. And to be fair, you've got to look at the majority of football that we've watched Yeah, has been lower leagues, you know, especially guys our age. There'll be future guests that we have on uh, on the podcast that will, will have experienced the 70s, the 80s, all of the 90s, which will have a lot more experience and can kind of, you know, elaborate a lot more on some of those players that played in the 90s. But I think in terms of where I was when I was picking my side, Darren Hawkeby was my childhood hero. I couldn't not have him in that side. Yeah. Um, when I first fell in love with football, Gary Mack was pulling strings in the middle of the park. I couldn't not have him. But I can understand exactly why Doyle gets thrown in there. Why are you mentioning uh, Hutchinson? Why are you mentioning Gunnison? Because those years in the Championship where we were a good mid-table side, those were the guys that were in the side. Yeah. I, I mean, to, to be yeah. fair, on, I've got Gary Mack on my on 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 that shortlist on the honourable mentions. But the other two that are on there, which touch base on your lower league stuff, is I've got Ollie Norwood. When we had him, he was class. Yeah. And remember Jim O'Brien? That one. I, lo- I love Jim O'Brien. I love Jim O'Brien. I remember I the first game of the season, the Adam Armstrong season. Yeah. Um. And. That first game of the season, Armstrong scored two against Wigan. Wigan had just come down, hadn't they? First game of the season, weren't it? First game of the season, and Jim O'Brien played a little reverse ball through for Adam Armstrong. And I remember just standing and applauding. You knew it was in before Armstrong even had the chance. Do you just remember the look- season, O'Brien's winning against Crew at home? Yes. Yes. 
Was yeah, he was a hell of a player to be fair, Jim O'Brien. Yeah. I, I, I kind of felt sorry for him because he's got a good it, voice it, on the guitar as well. He can sing that boy, can he? Loves it, loves an Oasis cover, does he? <laughs> mate, mate, YouTube it, he's got a good voice on him, Jim O'Brien. James, get him booked, mate. Get him booked at the Rialto. <laughs> get what? him on it and, and not, <laughs> not Jim O'Brien at the Rialto. <laughs> okay, right. So, you front three, you're going with one central and two wingers, or I've gone with like three central because okay. I can't... I, for, for, for me, I don't think in the time that I've watched City, like growing up, I've never we've never really had any out and out wingers that have really stood out. Yeah, that makes sense. Before, before you carry on, please tell me Dublin's in there. Dublin's an honourable mention, mate. Oh, James, you've killed me, lad. Ooh. Dublin's an honourable mention. Go on. I'm I'm in, I'm I'm in the honourable mentions, and then I'll name the three. Yeah, go on. Shortlisted, I had Whelan, Dean Adabola, yeah, uh, Dion yeah. Dublin, Callum Wilson. I had Adam Armstrong, I had Clinton Morrison, and I had David McGoldrick. McGoldrick's a shout, by the way. Again, that season when McGoldrick was here, he was like, you're going to He never gave up. I remember Shrewsbury away on a Tuesday night. We were getting absolutely tonked. I think it was like 3-0. Did he get like 17 goals in like 32 games or something like that as well? Remember Stevens when he chipped the keeper? He was that tired. Yeah. (laughs) Mate, he just just never stopped. And that's what I loved about it. But before you carry on, on your honourable mentions, I hope he's in there now because you've not mentioned him, Marlon King. See, I like Marlon as a striker. I just wouldn't put him in a team. I, 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 I was, I was, I was. I think that's more for the fact of like Neil touched on before, where he gave that promise and promise. I'm signing, I'm signing, and then he fucks off down the road. Yeah, I get yeah. that. But as, yeah, a player, that, uh, he, as a player, he was untouchable, mate. Like he, yeah. he, he could turn games on his own. Who's your three, then, mate? Uh, obvious reasons, Robbie Keane. Yeah. Darren Huckabee. Yeah, let's get another hooks. Neil's got a semi on. <laughs> and the controversial one is Leon McKenzie, mate. McKenzie? Yeah. That's a great mate, show. When, when he was here again, same same as McGoldrick, he just constantly plugged away and he would always pop up with goals at important times. Like whenever you needed him to pop up with that goal, he would pop up with that goal and he was quite consistent with it. That's, that's, that's a hell of a shout. It's a hell of a shout. I remember when we signed him because we signed him with the money we got from McSheffrey, weren't it? Yeah. Um, and we signed that's him. Subject. Well, I lost my shit that day. We signed him and Kevin Coyle. Wow. Yes, we did. And the the, the, the story behind that was, um, and I'll touch on Kevin Coyle in a minute, we we chose Kevin Coyle over Nacho Nova. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. I remember... Sky Sports, Sky Sports banging on about Nacho Novo coming down to the city. Um, and I was buzzing. I was buzzing because he, he had a great goal scoring record at uh, North of the Wall. But, uh, but in terms of um, player ability, and again, this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I don't give a shit. Kevin Coyle had the ability to be one of the best strikers in the fucking country, mate. He, was, he, he would have been a nightmare for, for any defender to did, did you yeah. have you ever watched? Did, did you watch a training session or anything like that? Like when he was at Carve? Not that I remember, mate. I went and watched three or four training sessions just with my old man on a random fucking Wednesday through the holidays. I swear to God, mate, he was the best player on that fucking training pitch. So what? Could... Was, was he a pisser or what? I don't know, mate. I genuinely don't know. But you watch him, so and he's untouchable. He's banging goals in from about oh. thirty yards. I, I know. So... Since he's retired. Yeah, he had a lot of mental health problems. He had alcohol problems, drug problems. So maybe it all played a part when he was playing. Possibly. You know what? I was, I was in a podcast with him, with Cy Ferry. Yeah, I love Cy Ferry. Um, um, and he talks a little bit about his time at Carve and how it didn't work out. But he hates and... us so much, man. He hates Carve. No, to be fair, he spoke quite well of us. He, did, he didn't 
slagging us off too much. Um, but they didn't dwell on the fact he was at Cobb for very long. No. Uh, I, I, I think I think he was quite homesick. If you look at the clubs he played for, Sunderland was the furthest south he'd ever been. Yeah. Just to touch um, on that point, I watched um, Kevin Coyle's Cypher and Mark McNaughty. McNaughty mentioned Cov and Kevin Coyle absolutely hammered us for 10 minutes. I mean, hammered us, yeah. So, in the one I've seen, uh, which was just him and Cy Ferry, he didn't, he didn't hammer us, but he, you can see he kind of wanted to move on a bit. But he didn't have a bad career. He went to Kilmarnock and scored goals. He scored goals for Rangers uh, for a period of time as well. So, you can see he wasn't a bad striker. He just... Just didn't go well for us. I remember him scoring against Norwich, possibly on his debut. His best goal was at QPR away. QPR away, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that one. That was in the red kit, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah. The red red Cassidy group kit, yeah. See, for me, I don't know. Why do I always bring it back to kits, man? (laughs) 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 You guys can't see this, but Dave is currently wearing his Nan's curtains as a shirt. (laughs) It's, right, it's actually, so it's pretty green. If they want to sponsor me, get at me on the Twitter, man, because I'll let you sponsor me all day. Oh, <laughs> pretty sure green. It's, pretty rascal, Dave. I'm not it, it's, it's horrific. It's horrific. It's when I talk about what people are wearing. James is sat there wearing a, a dodgy Liverpool top from the 60s, what, what it looks like. It's a badgeless <laughs> Liverpool top, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Pro direct soccer's version. James, before we finish, anything else you want to touch on, mate? Anything else you want to mention? Um... Skipper of the team, Scott Dam. I was about to say, you haven't asked captain or manager yet, Dave. You're getting a bit, <laughs> bit premature, aren't you, mate? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's because we've grilled him on that shirt, mate. He just wants yeah, to Yeah, I'm not happy yeah. now. <laughs> uh, the other honourable mention that I had, which I missed out, was obviously uh, Frank Musa. Again, oh, what's the play? Frank Musa could have been absolutely unreal, but I think, he, again, he just got lazy and got caught up in the money. And do you remember okay. Bjarni Johnson? Yeah. yeah. He was a player. He was class when he was on loan. As soon as he signed that contract, he just like got in a slump. And Where was, was he on loan from? Bochum. Was it? Yeah, man. Stats. Bochum. I remember it because I remember signing him. And I remember he was my favourite player that season. And then the next season, when he was absolute pony, I was absolutely good because I thought he would be like that stalwart player that you just always focus on from your childhood. Did you mm. just for anyone wondering how he remembers that? He actually has got a girlfriend. I don't know how. <laughs> 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 So, who's your gaffer? My gaffer, again, I'm going to go controversial because everyone's gone down the Mark Robbins route. Oh, yeah, but, I have it, to be fair. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stab Mickey Adams. No. Ooh. Gordon Strachan? No, I've gone, I've gone this way because I think if he was given more time at the club and he got given the job, he would have been, abs- he would have been another like, Hall of Fame. I know who it is, man, straight away. Go on. Eric Black. 100%. Eric Black. He got absolutely shafted because I think he he took. Who, I think did he take over from? Who did he take over from? It was either Gary Mack or Nilsson. I think when it was he, Gary Mack. Yeah, he was Gary yeah, Mack too. And he took yeah, over for the last six months of the the year or the last four months brought, of the season. And then we brought Peter Reid. And then we shafted him for Peter Reid. Yeah. Fucking hell! I, I remember everyone wearing black. Was it against Palace? Yeah. Everyone wearing black. Yeah, I remember that. Just... He would have been unreal, and I think he would have gone down in like the whole. I think he would have got us back up to where we needed to be. Did, but... Didn't he go on to Birmingham or Wigan after and as, as an assistant? Yeah, he's, 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 he's been Steve, Bruce, yeah, yeah. Steve Bruce's right hand man. Yeah. So, uh, weirdly, this is a little bit of a tangent. In, in a previous job that I worked in, one of the career drivers was Nigel Spink, the old villa keeper. Okay. Yeah, um, who just randomly dropped out of football, but he was. 
Bruce's goalkeeper coach. So he was at Birmingham. He was at uh, Wigan uh, and Sunderland as well. Um, and and, it, and I, I, I spoke to Nigel. I said, look, being a, being a Cov fan, obviously he went around with, with Eric Black. What were what his thoughts? And he said, look, he never wanted to leave. Obviously, it still kind of hurts him a little bit. But that's just football. That's just politics for you. But he, he said, what, what Eric Black has forgotten about football is more than what most of us know about football. Do you know why, though? I don't know if you're doing the same as me, Dave. Are you reading about where he is now? Yeah, literally. I was just Googling it now, yeah. Mate, he, uh, looking, at his, looking at his thing, he joined Southampton as Claude Puel's assistant in 2016. Yeah, I remember that. And then the Daily Telegraph alleged that Black had offered advice to a third-party player ownership consortium on how to bribe lower league clubs. And they, they ah. come back and they couldn't provide the evidence. So that's, that obviously links him why he's not interested in football. I just had a look to see where he was. Apparently so. They, they cleared him of any wrongdoing. Yeah, but then, then, in December, and then in December 2017, he just resigned. Yeah, his last job on Wikipedia was Villa caretaker till June 2016. Yeah. Was that when Remy Gard? Uh, yeah, yeah, when Remy Gard got sacked, and then but I think he was technically manager for them, weren't he? When when they went down, yeah. I'm just looking yeah. now. He left, he left Cov 2004. He's been to Blues, Sunderland, Blackburn, Rotherham, Villa. Mental, isn't it? Mental, isn't it? And like you say, he could have had a hell of a career uh, as as manager if the board would have backed him. Pointless fact of the day: his real name is actually John, not Eric. It actually is Wikipedia now. It's from Bell's Hill in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's that sound. Um, love that, James. Love that. That's a great side. Um, anything else you want to add? Well, we uh, no, nah, I think I think we've pretty much pretty much covered it today. Yeah, we I, are. I think I think I, I, I could add a few stories, but we'll save that for another time. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll do another definitely. one on the stories. If you want to follow James on Twitter, it's at James uh, and also make sure you follow the Rialto as well. Good venue. I seen Torsten Fury there a couple of years ago. Um, good place for a, for a gig or an event or a comedy gig, whatever you want, whatever's on at the time. It's it's a good place to go, man. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure once the world comes back to normal, I'm sure James will be all over socials plugging some fantastic guests that are going to be there. So let, let let's hope we can cop ourselves some tickets, eh? Oh, mate, do you know what? The last event we did before lockdown was the Huckabee Night. Was it? Oh, yeah, man. Wow. We did Huckabee oh. on the Friday. And then we got shut down on the Monday. Oh, well, whatever you got on there next, I'll be there. But you better make sure there's a Guinness for my name in it, mate, and I'll turn up. <laughs> You're wearing that oh. rascal shirt, mate. You ain't getting him. You, you ain't getting him, mate. You ain't getting him. <laughs> I'm a different colour rascal shirt, so I'll be all right. <laughs> Happy days. Right, everyone, thanks again for listening. Um, don't forget, if you want to have a chat with us, you want to come on, you got any questions for us, just get at us on the socials. We're uh, on Twitter, uh, at What's the Crack. PC. Uh, we've got a Facebook page now. Feel free to go and give us a like and a share on there. Um, and yeah, any feedbacks? Welcome, guys. It is perfect. Um, cheers, boys. And the same on Instagram as well. It's um, at What's the Crack PC. Thank you for coming on again, boys. Neil and James, been a pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me. Mate. As always, mate. Speak to you soon, guys. Take it easy.